0: Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Well, let me ask you to take your Bibles and go with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Now, I asked a Sunday school class this morning, and I want to ask you this uh, as well today. Moms, how many of you, when you became a mother, became a perfect mom? Raise your hand for me. (laughs) I'm looking. I'm looking. I don't see any, I see some dads trying to hold their... Their wives hands up but i don't see any moms uh but uh I, you know here's the thing I, I i know for me i know that when i became a father i didn't become a perfect father um, there are things in life that just because you start something doesn't mean you become perfect at it um, you don't uh, you don't start something and you don't become perfect right out of the gate for example um, you don't become perfect uh, being a parent right out of the gate you don't start a career and become perfect right out of the gate are, are you all working on something for me thank you very much because I feel like I'm in a in some type of barrel um, uh, I you know you, you don't you don't become um, whatever profession you are and and um, and become perfect so a couple things I, I I was doing some research this week and realized that uh, elite athletes don't become perfect right out of the gate, and, and sometimes we think that athletes just are born with this talent, and they're really not. It takes work and effort. In fact, Larry Silverberg has worked for 20 years studying uh, basketball, in fact, Larry Silverberg is a professor and engineer at the University of North Carolina State University. And he has been looking at basketball and he has been studying elite athletes. And elite athletes in basketball will, will shoot free throws. Now free throws are the easiest thing for a basketball player. Do you want me just to switch mics? Would that be easier? I'm getting, I'm getting, keep going. Okay, Uh, so uh, basketball, uh, free throws are the easiest thing. Guess why? Because there's nobody guarding you. That's why they call them free throws. I mean, nobody's standing there in your face. Nobody's doing anything. You get to stand at the free throw line. You get to shoot it. Nobody's there in front of you. You just get to shoot the ball. Nobody's there. But do you know elite athletes only shoot about 70 to 75% that's the percentage they make those. And a lot of people think it's just by talent. Well, Larry Silverberg, who's done the research on that, and he's come up and realized that there are four parameters that, that athletes have to work on, and it has nothing to do with, with uh, being born with it or talent. And the four things are really are... The speed in which they release the ball. How fast do they get the ball? How fast do they release the ball? Uh, The second thing is, how straight do they shoot the ball? Uh, For example, if you ever watch me shoot a free throw, I always shoot it to the right. So that means I'll typically stand over to the left, and then I'll shoot it off the other side. But anyways, it's how, how straight do they shoot the ball? And then the angle. Do they shoot it too flat? What's the... What's the angle in which they shoot it? And then the amount of backspin on the ball. You put those four things, in, and Silverberg says if a person will work those four things out, they can shoot free throws. In fact, I'll give you a perfect example of a man here in Glasgow, Kentucky. He's no longer with us, but who, who mastered those four things. Ron Ramsey shot 100 free throws at the Y and made 100 free throws. He knew those things. Ron Ramsey never played for the NBA, but he understood those principles and understood how to put those principles in practice and was able to do that. Life is about putting those types of things in practice. No matter what you, what, what you do in life, in order to be a successful mom, students, in order to be successful in life as you graduate and go on to whatever you do in life, to be successful, there are principles that you have to put into practice in order to be successful. And for you and I, if we're going to be successful in the spiritual world, It doesn't come easy, it is a practice that we have to put into place. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at Ephesians chapter 3. And I want to remind us that spiritual maturity happens in a lifetime of love and obedience to God. That spiritual maturity happens in a lifetime of love and obedience to God. It's not something that once we come to know Jesus Christ that we've arrived. Once you you go to the waters of baptism and you've been baptized, you're spiritually mature and you've arrived. It's something that takes a lifetime of walking in obedience to God that you reach, and then you come to. So this morning, let's look at our text. Look at verse thirteen with us. We're going to just walk through this text this morning. Verse thirteen, or verse twelve. We'll start there. Look at what Paul says. He's writing to the the Philippians. As he writes to the church, he's just shared with them about his his conversion. He he's shared with them of 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 his love for God but he's he's shared with them his past because there's this whole idea that that Paul has arrived that Paul because of his Damascus road experience has arrived spiritually I mean let's let's be honest of anybody's conversion experience in this room I and I don't know everybody's but I would venture to guess that Paul trumps us all because, I mean, when Paul, Paul has a conversion experience, he has a dramatic conversion experience. He's been writing and telling them of his conversion experience in, in the previous verses before we get to verse 12 because he tells them of all the things he kept all the laws, that there was nothing he didn't do. Of all the laws, there was no one greater than him he held to them all. But then on that day on Damascus, he had gone and asked to be able to go and persecute those who were of the way. If there was anybody of the way, let me go and and persecute them in Damascus. And he was on the road. And if you remember his his conversion experience, he was on the way and, and, and God spoke to him. He spoke to him in a And a vision, and and Paul saw that vision and heard Christ speak to him, and all of a sudden his eyes were blinded. And those who were with him could hear, but they didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden, Paul was blinded, not for just the moment, for but for days. And can you imagine Paul's coming to Christ? cost him his sight. He was led by the hand into the city to a man he was, who was going to finish telling him. Then he gained his sight, and he knew he then understood that the people he was persecuting were the people who truly understood the gospel. The Philippian church said of anybody who, who has come to know Jesus, it's Paul. He's arrived. But the problem is Paul recognized there's no arriving on this side of eternity. And for you and I this morning, just like we can acknowledge Just because you're a mother, you don't arrive as a perfect mom. Just because you've graduated high school, you've not arrived at perfection. There's lots of work to be done. Look what he says in verse 12. Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect. But listen to what he says. But I make, every, I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Listen to what he says. Listen to that hunger. Paul says, he says I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I've been, I've been taken hold of. There is something that has so gripped me that I've been taken hold of that I'm gonna make every effort, I'm gonna make every effort possible. Listen, what, what efforts do you make? I mean, listen, you, you tell your student today, you tell your teenager, you tell your family member, say, listen, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you $100 you can spend it however you want. What will they do the rest of the day? They'll pull out their phone and they'll begin to think, what do I want? Amazon will be their friend the rest of the afternoon, right? They'll be, they'll be scrolling through trying to make, they will spend the entire afternoon figuring out what it is they want to spend that $100 on. How much effort do we put into the relationship we have with Christ? I mean, think about the effort that God has put into you and to me. He sent his one and only son. Sometimes we lose sight of that. Sometimes we forget what that looks like. We forget, we talk about it at Easter that that he went to a cross, a bloody cross and the shameful cross and, and the pain, the agony he went to Golgotha and all all those things, but do we really think about that on Monday morning when we go into our place of business or to our schools or or when we get frustrated that we they get our order wrong at McDonald's or Starbucks or and we get irate? Paul says, "I make every effort. My my hunger is to." Is to pursue Christ. He goes on in, in verse 13. Look with me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching towards what is ahead. Forgetting what's behind. Forgetting what's behind. Sometimes I think it's funny we live in the past, don't we? I mean, think about it. do you, Do you live in the past? Do you tell stories on the past of what 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 used to happen? Those good old days. Oh, I remember this. I remember when the church used to be full. Oh, I remember when we used to sing this. I remember when. I remember when this revival happened. Oh, I remember when we, we used to go to our neighbor's house and share Jesus. I remember when we, when we used to knock on doors. I remember when these things happened. Let me ask you, why didn't that happen anymore? And don't say because the church doesn't do it, because you're the church. Right? I mean, we don't need a program in the church. We just need you to get up and go do it. Right? Right? I mean, do we need a program or do we just need us to get off our derriers? See, we live in the past. Somebody once said when your memories exceed your dreams, the end is near. And sometimes I think we live with our memories, not our dreams. Paul says, I forget those things and I move forward. Oh, it's, it's, hear hear me carefully. It's, it's important to remember where we've been, but it's more important to know where we're going. We, we have to have a, a vision and a direction as a parent, don't you know, aren't you glad that you can forget some of the past? I mean, there, there, as a parent, don't, don't raise your hand. But as a parent, aren't there some mistakes in the past that you're glad your child will never remember? Right? I mean, you're not going to tell them you dropped them. You're laughing because you did, right? Now, students, children, you go home and go, did you ever drop me? See if they lied to you, all right? There, there are things we've done. And, and hey, listen, as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ, aren't you glad that Christ doesn't hold our past against us? Amen. That we're forgiven of our past? Paul says, I'm forgetting the past and I'm, I'm moving forward. He's got this hunger and he's got this forward movement and forward thinking that he says, I, I got to keep moving. I'm nowhere near perfect. I've got to, I've got to have this desire that I want, I want more of what Jesus has. I want more of this gospel. I want to be more of what God calls me to be. I want more. I want to push myself to be more. There's nothing natural that's taking place here. Sometimes we we think that these, that spirituality just comes to us naturally, but it doesn't. It's one of these things we have to work at. One of these things that requires us to study. S- study in that, that we, we don't become spiritual mature just by attending one hour a week of worship. It, it happens through prayer daily and studying God's word, a healthy diet just like we do food every day, exercise, those things. And recognizing a constant moving forward. Look at verse 14. He goes on and he says this. He says, I pursue my, as my goal the prize promise by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. I pursue as my, my goal. Yesterday our family celebrated Drew's birthday and Mother's Day all in one. Um, and, and for drew 's birthday, we took all all his uh, cousins and his aunts and uncles and played paintball and one, as we got to the end there, um, it was we, we'd played several games and and I lost the uh, the, the battle with pam i didn 't know they 'd come out with this thing with softer paintballs I wanted the the harder ones because I was going to be shooting at my nephews. Um, but she, she won the battle. We were going to use the softer woods, And so as the end of the game was, we all had paintballs, and it was the last one, and I said, okay, here's the, here's the last game. We're playing. Don't care if you get hit. You're not out until you're out of paintballs. Everybody agreed. And so my goal was, I didn't care if you hit me. There were a few of my, my nephews I needed to just wail on pretty good. So my goal was to pursue them. And I was going to pursue them until they hurt, and so I took off, and, and, and the game took off, and, and I, I, you know, I got them pretty good, ended my my paintballs, and I went and sat down. One of my nephews, who, you know, he, he, he pain tolerance is not very high for him. He came over and sat down. I said, no, "Carter, you, you you you're in until you get out of paintballs." He says, "I'm hurting, no." I said, you got any paintballs left? Yeah, his hopper was almost full. Well, give me that gun. I'm going back. <laughs> Ain't no sense to waste these things. And so, one of his other, one of his other cousins and I split it. and We went in. So, end of the game, it ends up with Drew, myself, and his, one of his other cousins. And I, we're just, we're supposed to stay ten feet apart. That rule went out the window. I mean, we were as close as we could get shooting each other. but it was fun. We were pursuing each other with passion. And then Carter decides to get back in the game at the end and sneak up on me. But anyhow, it was was at the end of the game, just a, a fun game of pursuing one another. I was just reading this text last night. I kept thinking about Paul's pursuit for God, of the passion he had the desire he had, and I thought, how fun it was for us to pursue one another with those paintballs. I don't know, I, I know my nephews always like to get Uncle Ernie, and I know I, I like to get them. I, I enjoyed seeing their whelps when I got done, um, and they enjoyed seeing the ones they got me with. Uh, but but I, can't, I couldn't help but to think, how much does God have a smile on his face when we pursue him like that? Just pursue him in such a way that we just love reading his word, doing his, his work. But verse 14 also says, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in, we can't miss that word, in Christ Jesus. In other words, it can't be all about me It can't be all that I do. It has to be a partnership with God. It has to be me and God working together to accomplish his ministry. First John tells us apart from him I can do nothing. It's got to be the two of us working to accomplish him, things for him. So catch this, Paul has this hunger. He has this focus, he has this determination, and then look at his obedience in verse 15 and 16. Therefore, let us all, let all of us who are mature think this way, And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should, catch this, live up to every truth we have obtained. Live up. Live up. In other words, whatever God leads us to do, We need to live up to that. God puts it on your heart, live up to it. God leads you to do it, live up to it. If God's calling you to do it, live up to it. Whatever he puts on your heart, live up to it. Says a mom, you understand you have to live up to some principles so your children see that. I said, Dad, you recognize that you have to live up to a standard so your children watch and see that. As children of God, we need to live up and do what God has called us to do. It's an important thing to do. We these things don't come easily. We don't just come to a place in our life and and become baptized and all of a sudden we're the perfect Christians. Paul reminds these Philippians. He's not perfect at all. It's a, it's a challenge and a daily goal to be who God has called him to be. Some of you know your history with World War II. World War II, one of the greatest rescue missions, World War II happened because we sent bombers to, to bomb the Nazi oil supplies. And as those bombers were going to do that, they were flying in tin cans and they were flying in these planes to do that and knowing that many of them were taking on, they were on, on being shot at and would be shot down. And as they were being shot down, they were they were parachuting into... Um, Yugoslavia and um, they were prepared to, to die, they'd be captured and would die what, what they didn't know and what became the, the story here is as they were parachuting out of these planes and they were landing in Yugoslavia, there were these Serbian peasants who were there on the ground to rescue these American airmen and they were rescuing, in fact, they rescued every single one of these airmen who were making this, this bombing mission. There were over 500 airmen that they rescued. And they rescued them all. And as they'd land on the ground, these, these Serbian peasants would grab them and get them to safety before the Nazis would find them. Uh, and so these peasants would rescue them and then hide them and then, it, then they would get them ready for, for, the, for, the, uh, for the rescue mission. It was called the Halen Rescue Mission. And, and what was interesting about it, it took several weeks for the, the rescue mission to take place. And these, 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 Serebin, these, uh, these peasants, they didn't speak English. And so the language was a problem. And these American airmen had to, list, had to just obey. And they had to follow them uh, over the terrain and do all these things uh, in the, and not know where they were going. They had to, they had to follow them, walk, and, and, and listen or do whatever they could do to listen to them. They'd been rescued But their freedom had just begun. Because their journey required travel, uphill, downhill. They didn't know where all they were gonna go. Only the peasants knew the journey. Only the peasants knew how to get there. The airmen only knew that these men were treating them well and to follow and trust. The story reminds me a lot of faith. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you've been saved. But the journey just begins. The journey is just beginning. We don't know all the valleys we'll walk through. We don't know all the hills we'll climb. We don't know all the twists and the turns. Only God knows. Our responsibility is to listen, follow, and obey. This morning... Maturity in Christ comes from a lifelong walk in obedience. Are you walking faithfully in in obedience? Do you know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you come to a place in your life to trust him? Have you come to a place in your life that you follow him? If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, Today, we invite you to come to know Jesus. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That whosoever is you, is me, if you'll trust him this morning if you trust Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior I can meet you right here we'd love to talk to you about that if you'd rather go out these doors right here Mike Thomason and JJ Poole will meet you there we'd love they'd love to talk to you about Jesus if there's another decision on your heart to join our church family or or a prayer request or a prayer concern again they'd love to talk to you pray with you whatever the decision this morning would you trust and obey would you do what needs to happen If you're watching us on tv or listening to us by a podcast or or online you can call 270-681-2363 270-681-2363 there'll be somebody who'll answer that phone whatever the case may be would you trust god today would you stand with us